This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Set your heart and your mind. That's what we read two weeks ago. Colossians 3 verse 1 to 4. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of no slides on the wall. Set your minds on things above. Oh, there we go. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. It's a beautiful scripture. I wish we had time to break down the whole um, angle that He takes with the church in Colossae. Because they were people that were focusing a lot on the outward. Same like the church in Corinth. You know? And so scripture, a lot of scripture is corrective. Did you know that? Uh, a lot of what Paul writes is to actually bring people in line. We settle a lot for encouragement and feel good stuff. You know, I went to this big conference where the pastors was and there were 400 pastors there. And I really wanted to learn from this big guy coming from overseas. And um, I remember sitting there with my notebook and ready to go. Um, and after an hour and a half, I got an intense headache uh, because this guy didn't quote one scripture. He didn't mentioned the name of Jesus once. He's got this flourishing church all over the world. Um, and the topic was how to make your good, a good church a great church. And the people jumped up afterwards and say, well done, amazing. Joe, you know, let each one just give 5% more of their finances, of their time. Of and I realized like, whoa, that's not the gospel. Your life is hidden with Christ. And because you've been raised with Christ, your only protection, your only place is in Christ. And therefore, he says, set your mind and your heart. Set your emotions. Set your will. Set your mind on things above. Have an eternal perspective. Focus on the things of the kingdom. Hallelujah. So we don't need to study anymore. Amen. No, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> That's not what it says. It says have an have a eternal mindset and, and learn to say no to the things of this world. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. And so I remember going to Singapore and South Korea and, and the Asian culture is much more honoring culture. So people, people will naturally honor other people. So for many cultures, you don't have an old age home, for instance. You don't put old age people in old age homes. They come to live with you in the house, and you take care of them until they die because it's an honoring thing. Older people are like the wisdom, and we respect them, and we honor them. We don't see that. You know, I remember living in Onderpapagaiburg, and there was an old woman that came out onto the street for the first two years. Every morning when I drove to work, I was still working in Somerset West, this old woman stood on the street corner. And one day I stopped, and I said, Wim, what, what are you doing? The woman said, no, I'm waiting for my son. And I said, no, you know, is he picking you up? He says, no, no, my son told me eight years ago that he'll come to visit. He lives here in Mostert's Drift. But um, I think he's forgotten about me. He's become so busy. And every morning the woman would walk out, the uncle would stand on the street corner. And I thought, Lord, our culture is so rotten because we don't value the things that you value. And this is the challenge here. This is the challenge that, 
that this scripture is written in. So here comes Philippians. Imagine you have worked very hard in your life and you are a multi, multi, multi-billionaire. You have all the riches of the world. You have your private jets. You have your Boeings. You have everything you, you want to. You have a massive mansion. And then one day you decide, I'm going to cancel all of that. I'm going to leave my mansion, leave all of my jets. I'm going to write it off into a trust. And I'm going to decide to go and live here with the almost 200 people that sleep on the streets here and do- between Dorp Street and... This whole middle area in town. I'm, I'm going to live like, I'm not taking anything with me. I'm taking no cash, throwing away my ID document. I'm giving up all of that stuff. And I'm going to live there with the people on the street. Imagine that. Philippians 2 verse 2. Therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ, if there's any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded. Having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Better than himself doesn't mean that person is better than you. I put their interest above my interest. So I'm always going to think, how can I bless Daniel? When I'm in a conversation, it's not about, I'm not the center of the conversation. I'm going to bless him. And more than that, as a Christian, I'm going to ask the Lord, Lord, how can I bless you by your kingdom coming in Daniel's life through our conversation, through my social, through my cool by Eitstapi, through my hiking up the mountains, through my cycling, my surfing, my tennis, my golf, whatever. I'm, I'm, I've got a mindset. I've got a heavenly mindset, and that's to be a servant, to be a worshiper, to be used by God. Not to be spiritually in overdrive, but just simply to say, Lord, maybe there's something natural I can serve him with. Maybe he doesn't know where to find bread. So, let each one of you look not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Taking the form of a bondservant, he had the form of perfect God, being worshipped, being spiritually a multi-billionaire, but he's given up his reputation. To come in, serve you, and to serve me. And coming in the likeness of men. And being found in the appearance as a man, meaning being open to rejection, being open to accusation, mockery. You and I say, no God. He humbled himself. And became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name, which is above every name. That name we sang, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of those in heaven, of those under the earth, and those on the earth, and those under the earth. Philippians is an amazing book. But right here to set the standard straight. He says there's no one that will ever be able to point a finger at God and say you are a proudful God. Because the greatest act of brokenness, of yieldedness, of surrender, of taking himself and of having no reputation with all the angels worshiping you, being perfect, nobody can add to you, you're perfect. 
you decide you're going to make yourself, in a way, imperfect <clears throat> by serving others. That's the God we serve. That's the power of the cross. And the moment when you and I lose focus of that, something begins to happen. We become to say, like, no, maybe the cross, oh, that's nice, it's a nice idea. And we wear the crosses and we even, like, tattoo them and we say, Christian. We probably don't say Christian, you know, but we do. So we try to be good people. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like Bernard. I'm oh, sorry, sorry. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like Celise. Oh, she really needs to hear this message tonight, you know. And, <clears throat> you know, that Liam guy, he drives a Toyota. <laughs> he, rich like him, he really needs your grace, God. And so suddenly we begin to heap up doctrines. We begin to heap up experiences. And we lose the power of the simplicity of the cross. We take on ourselves a reputation of even being good. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Me. No, not you. Me. And see, the moment when you lose focus of that, something begins to happen. You begin to live a life that tells you it's the lie of the devil. The, the devil tries to tell us that if we are independent, if, if you can just come to that place of independency, self-made man, self-made woman, self-righteous, your performance, your striving, then maybe God is going to thumbs up. Maybe God is then going to say, well done. Wow, you've made it. You're fasting. You're doing all this stuff. But then we neglect the, the whole place of grace grace is god's enablement listen to this ephesians 2 verse 8 to 9 for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourself it is the gift of god not of works lest anyone should boast sorry rich 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 number two number four number five number six number seven rich 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 song like that richie 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 rich you know change all of our names to rich yeah Filthy rags. But there's something inside of us, especially in our culture, that says, like, I, I need to perform. I need to, I, I, I need to strive to get God's acceptance. I need to. And yes, there is a holiness. There is a sanctification. But that's just the response of a thankful life. Lord, you've given me so much. Therefore, I want to serve you so much. I, I don't want to. I want to be like Tanikumi. That just value being with your people and just finding something to serve. So Tanikumi, for the last 25 years, every Sunday morning, she can barely drive. She drives earlier to church. And then all she does, she does a prayer march around the church building. She doesn't need a list to serve. She doesn't need somebody to tell her, 
When you look in her eyes, she's just grateful. She's just thankful for what Jesus has done. She says, this is so little, just for me to, 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 to serve, to serve his people. Because some people are going to experience Jesus. And if I can add one bit, if I can just make a way in one way through intercession for them. Now, she lives there in the old age of home, close to my house. So she's like two stories above. And she, she and Tani Mori prays together for me. They keep me on the straight and narrow. And then Danny Kumi comes and she says, she looks in that eye, and I, then I almost start to repent before she said anything. Okay. <laughs> but it's not of works. It's not of, of your effort. It's not what you're doing. But we're living in a town. This town is the most divided town probably in the world. When it comes to just stuff like finances, the richest and the poorest people that live here in Stellenbosch. And God has placed us here to make a declaration and say we'll be a humble people. But it's not going to come naturally for you and it's not going to come naturally to me. So going here to Singapore, why did you interrupt me so much? Please interrupt me. So going to Singapore and South Korea because of their honoring culture. So we're going, we having a contact with the contact that, get, that gets us through a contact. So we end up in this big church and... Um, I want to encourage you, stay away from the American preachers just for a while and get yourself, get some Asian pastors, listen to some Middle Eastern pastors. Just find yourself some godly men and women that hasn't got a bank account of $20 million and say, hey, you need to give more. But in any case, so going here to the Asian people and so this pastor has got eight services and after the third service we arrive and so he comes out, he greets us, he says like, hey, I heard you from from South Africa. I'm so sorry. I'm so busy because I'm preaching at all eight these services today. But, but you know what? I've asked some of my elders and some of my people just to go and bless you and, and take you out for lunch. So, so he doesn't know us from anywhere. He just heard that we're from another country. And so it's a great honor to have us there. And he's thanking us to come, come to the church and all that stuff. And something like, whoa, this is weird. So here we go to the lunch. Sitting around the table with these people that we've never met, but they're paying for the lunch. It's quite an expensive lunch. So we're enjoying every part of it, you know, because we just ate oats, oats, vanilla oats, strawberry oats for four days because we were traveling Vietnam, we were traveling uh, Cambodia, Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam. Anybody that ate so much oats, you know, hallelujah for flavored oats at least, but praise the Lord, you know. So Vietnam, Myanmar, South Korea, that's so. So we had at the end of this trip, and so this pastor comes in. And we're sitting there and we're chatting. We're just asking, hey, what are you doing? This guy says, no, he's, he's a bit in the Air Force. So well, okay, what what do you do? No, no, he's lieutenant general. Da, 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 da. I realized like this guy is the head of the air force of the country. <laughs> the second guy we talked to, no, no, this is the guy that's leading like the reserve bank of Singapore. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking like, oh, <laughs> yeah, caviar may know, you know. But in any case, so <laughs> so <laughs> so no, <I'm laughs> you know, so and we're sitting around the table, and I'm thinking like. But, but now we've been far in the discussion, and I'm thinking, like, these are, like, these amazing people that's leading multi-corporations, multi-star, basically running the country, and they didn't say a word about what they said, what they do. They just hear and say, hey, they're just listening to what we, we're here for, and they're praying for us and blessing us. And so I'm shocked out of my system because I realize, like, wow, that's so foreign just to honor <laughs> Just do not talk about your status or put 10 stuff around your emails, you know. 
<clears throat> so we finish off, and now it's the fourth service already. We're standing outside, and this old Tani comes walking, and she comes with her crutches, but she can barely walk. She comes to us, and she's like, hey, w I heard you're from South Africa. I'm the pastor's mother. Um, just stay here for a while, and she, she walks across the street. It takes a long time, because now we're fellowshipping with some people outside the church. She comes back with like a whole bag full of Magnum ice cream. She says, I just wanted to bless you guys. I heard you coming all the way. Thank you for blessing our country and for coming to pray here. And we just want to honor you. The Tani is probably 90 years old, but she decides she, she wants to serve. And I thought like, wow, Lord, there's, there's so much in this culture that I love because it's like community. It's like, hey, it's an honor to know people and to love people. It's not like I'm an independent individual that just want my next fix and going for it. And what can you add to me? And if I can have you with my selfie on, then, you know, I have you on my selfie, then we can go on, you know. And I'm thinking like, whoa, you know. So that changed my life so completely because I realized it's not what you preach. It's what you live. Isn't that the king we're serving? Isn't that the Jesus we're serving that came to say, hey, Father, forgive them because they do not know what they're doing. But see, we're living in this space where pride is, is so, it's, it's so ugly, but so many people don't even see it. And so part of what God has been doing in the past couple of months is shining the highlight on all, or just highlighting a lot of our weaknesses. And you have a, one of two options. Either you can be offended, get deceived, or you can submit and surrender. Become broken. Listen to what James says. It's not James, our worship leader. James, the brother of Jesus. Now remember, James and John and Peter, they led the church in Jerusalem. James was the biggest critic of Jesus because he didn't believe in Jesus was the Messiah. Only until after the resurrection. So he didn't think like his own brother was the main dude. <laughs> And if you think of Jesus, he never even said he was the Messiah. There's only three people that he actually told them, hey, I'm the Messiah. And then he told them, don't go and tell anybody else. And eventually, when he started to talk about the cross, he said to his disciples. But most of the time, Jesus wasn't interested in, hey, I'm the Messiah. Come henceforth. Come and listen to me. You know, the devil tempted him there. So, hey, if you turn all these Stones into bread. You know what? Everyone is going to come out. Everyone is going to come to worship you. And then you'll have your audience. They'll know you are the miracle worker. Jump from the thing and you know what's going to happen? Hey, they're going to start to worship you. Isn't that what you came for? Isn't that? Did you come for worship? Didn't you come to draw their attention onto yourself? I only came to do what I see the Father do. James 4 verse 1 to 8. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure, that war in your members? You lust and you do not have. Now, remember correction, correction. If you read scripture, your first response to scripture should always be repentance. And repentance is beautiful. Lord, I need to change. Lord, help me. It's not a stick God is smacking on you. He's not like, oh, you know, be like a worm, you know, and worship the worm song every second day. It's just like. But it is true. God cannot lie. You lust and you do not have. You murder and you covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. 
adulterers and adulteresses. <laughs> Do you know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously. But he gives more grace. But he gives more grace. Therefore he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. God is attracted to humble people. God has got provision for humble people. But God resists the proud. God will stand in your way and God will stand in my way and he will resist you. He's not a respecter of people. And the only people he will resist are those that are full of pride. Those who think they're self-made people. Those who think like, hey, the world is really about me. And pride is ugly. And we all have it. Sorry if you didn't know that. We all have it. Otherwise we would not be so competitive and perform and try so hard to earn God's favor. <laughs> Anyone struggling a little bit with competition? Anyone sometimes struggling a bit with jealousy? Okay, let's, let's just have it. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Anyone desiring the pleasure of the world sometimes? Netflix. Start with the food. Let's go right through the system, you know. Feed me now. The other day I had a whole packet of Doritos in two minutes. It wasn't a small packet. It was a big packet. <laughs> but the Spirit dwells in us. He yearns jealously inside of us. And so you can choose tonight. Well, that's a good sermon for Peter, you know. John that lives in Johannesburg. He needs to hear this. I hope he downloads it. But James is very practical. He says there's provision. God, wants, God has made provision for you, but it's in Christ. It's in his grace. Grace is his enablement. Grace is his ability to do his will, to be obedient, to surrender. But there's only one group of people that access that grace. Because there is a teaching that's called hyper-grace that says, hey, just keep on sinning because God has got grace on you, you know. He just, God loves you so much that he really doesn't care what's going on in your heart or whatever. But there will be no revival if there's no tears, if there's no surrender. Don't bring your garments. Bring your heart. Surrender your heart. Weeping between the porch and the altar. Cry out, say, Lord, have mercy on this country. Have mercy on me, a wretch like me. <laughs> But pride opens the door to the following things, jealousy, striving, competition, unworthiness, shame, rejection, offense, misunderstanding, bitterness, entitlement, isolation, loneliness, accusation. I promised you I'm going to show you a video. Have you got that video, Michelle? Because Paul writes about this a lot, and I wish we had a lot of time, but he says, I'm going away, but I'm so afraid. I'm so afraid. In Colossians, he writes. Corinthians, he writes. He says, there's going to be other doctrines that come in. There's going to be wolves that come in. There's going to be people. So he writes to the churches and he brings correction like a book of Corinthians. It's called the book of correction. First Corinthians, second Corinthians. You know, he's, he says, hey, I'm, I'm hearing of all this stuff and I'm, I'm so tense for you because you're not focused. You're not, you're not, you're not 
intentional about your relationship with God. So most of it is a, is a great urgency and a challenge for the church. And so, he, so he's, he wasn't afraid to correct. He wasn't afraid to challenge. He wasn't afraid to be accountable. He says even, hey, you know, I'm, I'm not going to boast in anything because look at my CV, but I'm not going to boast in anything except in the cross of Christ. Forgetting those things that lie behind. I've counted them as rubbish to know the excellence of Christ, the simplicity of Christ. Spoke a bit about that this morning. But so <clears throat> once you and I arrive in that place where we're not real about uh, the issues and the woundedness and the brokenness of our lives, we reject the grace of God. And now, now we fall into this trap of being these super Christians. And we, we sort of have to like represent Jesus well to the world, you know. And, but then the world says like, hey, how's your life? Blessed. How was your week? Blessed. Huh? But, but you, 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 you lost your dad or you lost your mom or this thing happened to you. How was your Blessed. No, no, just say miserable. But I'm choosing to praise Jesus because he's faithful. Don't be Jesus PR. Because <laughs> the world looks at hypocrisy and they think like, what? Just be real. Just be authentic. And allow God to be God in your life. But it's so difficult for us because we control freaks. Because we, we look into the mirror or what we wear. Oh, that shoes doesn't match those things. And that stuff doesn't match that. And we're so much focused on the outward that we are so deceived. That our natural tendency is to become proudful. Our natural tendency is to present ourselves on the outward and not on the inward and so god wants a broken generation god wants you and i to come and fall on the stone of stumbling because jesus the gospel is either going to be a stone of stumbling or a rock of offense stone of stumbling means i need to come and choose to break myself on that rock i need to fall flat on my face before him and just say lord i'm a broken vessel i'm a david i'm i'm just like I'm not, I don't have everything together, but one thing I realize is I'm dependent on you. Lord, I declare that, I cry that out. Lord, if you don't do a miracle in our nation, we're doomed for destruction. Lord, if you don't bring a breakthrough, but I, I believe you can, uh, but Lord, it's got nothing to do with me or the church or how much we pray. It's just about our surrender. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and repent from their wicked ways, I will come in and heal their land. I will come in and heal their hearts. I will come and set them free. We all need to be set free. Okay. So, so if, you, if you don't know your own woundedness, if you're not a wretch like me, and you think and I think we have arrived, we're already in trouble. Because then we say no to the grace of God. We say no to that place where we're hidden in Christ. Remember that first scripture? Hidden in Christ. We've been raised with Christ. There's a righteousness in Jesus. Just put on the light there, please, Ben Jason. And so, so once we move out of that space, we begin to strive. We begin to go up and down. And then we, it's so easy because all you do is eventually you get tired. You get tired of fighting. You, you're like a boxer in a ring. And, and you... You have an enemy, but you don't know who the enemy is. Eventually, you're boxing against yourself because you're eating in the air all the time. And then you begin to get tired. And that's why you see so many people. And I wish I had time to go through and say, hey, just, just tell me of that 
Maybe that mom, that dad, that auntie that was so on fire. Or maybe that friend that was so on fire for the Lord when they were a student or a young kid. Because, you know, most people get saved under the age of 16. Because then people are the mostly open for the gospel. They're soft hearts. And then what begins to happen, life throws itself at us, you know, and things and issues and unforgiveness and bitterness and competition and shame and all this stuff. Woundedness. We get wounded. The wolves come in. Even with doctrines in the church, bites us. You start to bleed a little bit. You lose energy there. Don't eat there. And they just chase you up. And eventually, you just collapse. You think like, what happened? Where was this person? Why did they lose their amazing passion for God? And then you get some other people like um, Stephen Lungu, 80 years old, saying, Lord, where's my next challenge? Moves back to Lelongwe. Says, the Lord told me I must pray for one of my best friends. He's a pastor. I must go tell him he must become the next president of the country. So I'm going to support him. I'm going to serve him. One and a half year later, his friend becomes president of Malawi. Nobody will know about it. But he got a mandate. 80 years old, he's turning 80. Think like, Lord, why do some people not lose that passion? They don't lose that fire. It's because every day they've become more dependent on God. Every day they wow the cross. Every day they surrender and say, God, it's just your grace. Let your grace be sufficient. Because, hey, even in your weakness, he's made strong. But see, we've become masters to pretend. <laughs> and therefore, revival will never come if we don't break on the stumbling stone. If there's not repentance. Revival will only come through tears and a rich people crying out to a perfect God. Saying, God, have mercy on us. Bring your life. Bring your abundance. Lord, we're so full of pride. Because God, sometimes I think I'm better than Bernard because my hair is just better than he's no, I'm checking them we compare ourselves and we look sorry Bernard you're sitting in front but you have a nice mask at least and socks he's got duck socks on you know did Ben Jason give them to you yeah yeah it's just a word of knowledge okay because I was looking at how he stared at your socks all the time because he wanted those socks but he's, he's got a number 14 shoes so it's not gonna fit but so don't distract me so much, Bernard, with your socks and your mask and all that. But the amazing thing is, you know, we have these thoughts and then we don't realize that we're always competing ourselves with other people. Like, yo, yo, if I can just have that, I'll be fulfilled. If I can just know that person, if that person will just send me a message. If that thing, but we're not, we don't bring our brokenness to God and then we become so proudful. We, our hearts become so hardened. Because, you know, it's a method of survival. It's easy rather to build a wall between God and yourself and fear intimacy. And then the challenge is we do exactly the same with our friendships and in church. The place where we're supposed to find our healing, the people that must take the grave clothes off of Lazarus, it's not Jesus, it's the church. Say, so, hey, I'm going to call him out. Resurrection, come. Lazarus, come forth. But you roll away the stone. You, you take away his grave clothes. 
Because the church shouldn't be afraid to be real with each other and naked before each other and open before each other and broken and say, hey, you're struggling. And that means if you're struggling, I'm struggling. If you're winning, I'm winning. If the Baptist church is winning, we're winning. Oh, but they don't speak in tongues. They don't swing from the chandeliers. They don't prophesy every second day. We must be better than them. They love Jesus. They serve Him. They bear fruits worthy of repentance. See, then it's not about your doctrine. It's about the eyes of Christ. It's about the cross of Christ. And so pride says, I can and will do it my way. I'm going to become independent and then serve God and then from an outside begin to criticize his church because it's so easy to criticize the church. It's so easy to live by, to judge people by their actions and yourself by your intentions. You think, oh, yeah, you know, she must really read her Bible a little bit more and then when last did you read your Bible? No, no, five years ago I had quiet time every day, but now I've graduated. Sure. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. You're not the center anymore of your life. God is. His glory. You become a worshiper. You become a servant. So, so tonight's message is a bit prophetic. Because we're living in this town. You know, the first thing I said when I finished studying, I said, Lord, send me anywhere in the world except to Stellenbosch. Lord, because there's a bunch of intellectual people, because the first thing they ask you is, what are you studying? Why are you doing this? What is your achievement? What is your that? What car do you drive? What, where do you live? Oh, you, know, you live in Clutusville. Oh, I found the most amazing, humble people in Clutusville, living in a little windy house. Church members, tannies. Show for Clutusville. They pray. I'm alive today because of Tani Helen Africa. I've told that story of this Tani praying for me while I was in, in India. Oh, the poor will have the riches of this world. The riches of the kingdom. The poor will be the intercessors, the humble people. And you know, if you've suffered, and that's what I've seen over all the years, people that have suffered, they've got a lot of grace and mercy. People that are entitlement and got everything and worked hard for themselves, that's why Jesus said it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Why? Because riches, the love of money, the love, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, it can trap you so easily to fall into that, that I'm a self-made man. Nothing wrong with being a billionaire. I remember working at, at a Mercedes place. I was like the financial manager. And so one day we had this uh, awkward moment when... An old uncle walked in, in the showroom. Now, I wasn't there. We just later on changed all of the policies because an old uncle with an old, you know, PT rugby shorts with two holes in, with a T-shirt, five holes in, dirty, coming out of the garden, he um, walked into the showroom. And then he looked around and he looked at all these fancy Mercedes cars. And the salespeople thought like, who's this dirty guy, you know? 
and so it didn't give him a lot of attention. So he walked around, looked at the cars, and didn't greet him properly and all that stuff, and then he went out. The next day, he arrived with one of these fancy Porsches and parked it right into the showroom. Climbed out, and he walked to that salesman that treated him and said, Sir, I would have bought that Mercedes cash yesterday, but because you treated me on my outward appearance, I rather went to buy myself a Porsche, 2.2 million or something like that. We learned something. <laughs> buy Ferrari. No, 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 no. <laughs> but it's crazy how we judge people on the outward and think like, quickly put somebody in a box, quickly put them there because, hey, then we can control them. Then we don't serve them. It's so easy because it's in our culture. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.